Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for the Gospel Proclamation today comes from the Old Testament reading of Ezekiel in chapter 34. We're focusing today specifically on verses 17 through 24. And it serves as the basis of our theme for the 14th Sunday after Pentecost, me, myself, and I. In 1989, rap music was beginning to take a careless and violent turn, and one group in particular, De La Soul, wanted to respond to this anger with messages of peace and harmony in the hip-hop community. Their only commercial success was Me, Myself, and I, where they responded to the unfair characterization that they were just hippies with a song that caught the hearts and minds of many cross-culturally. My favorite line in the song goes, Mirror, mirror on the wall. Tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can it be my de la clothes, or is it just my de la soul? What I do ain't make-believe. People say I sit and try. But when it comes to being de la, it's just me, myself. And I. The music video portrayed three misfits in the rapping culture being ostracized for being self defined rather than following the norms of the day. They said, We did that record like it was nothing. We were surprised at how big it got. Sometimes the simplest thing is what people can relate to. De La Soul member Trugoy the Dove added, Originally, it was us trying to make sure we're saying we're not hippies. We were just being ourselves. People are now taking the song to be, okay, it's cool to be me and I don't have to be hard. It wasn't really about saying that, even though the video came off like that. Whatever they meant, they were a breath of fresh air in the hard world of rap. Peace and harmony can be successful and attractive, even in the hip-hop world. God comes before the people of Israel as the ultimate me, myself, and I in an undeniable message of peace and harmony through the words of the prophet Ezekiel today. Although peace and harmony is not how you would characterize Ezekiel's ministry, up to this point. No, Ezekiel's life would make the hardest of hardcore rappers blush at his unbelievable life experiences. Shocking descriptions of lust, prostitution, and adulterous behaviors describe the extreme unfaithfulness that Israel and Judah were expressing by chasing after the hardcore lifestyle of the pagan god which infected every aspect of their lives with degradation, division, and their own utter destruction. In chapter 8, God even yanked Ezekiel out of his house by the hair of his head and took him to the temple, vandalized with abominable depictions of creeping things and loathsome beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel. Then he showed Ezekiel, 
that 70 elders of the house of Israel were actually worshiping these icons of ill repute, as if the infantile scrawlings could save them and redeem them from the one true God. If the devil is in the details, his demons were most certainly demonstrated right there. It was bad, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord have mercy. It was bad. In fact, it was so bad, God simply left his temple amongst his people. It should not have surprised anyone. After all, they no longer called to him as their first and only love. In spite of our walking away from the one true God who loved us only, he finds a way to love us solely again, even when we brazenly reject his forgiveness and redemption. God demonstrates again and again he will stop at nothing to stop us from stooping so low we would never be able to see him again. The way he does it can come in many forms. Sometimes it comes with the painful and horrible career change at the worst time possible in our life to see that our passion for our trade was but a ruse of the devil to draw us from the loving arms of our Savior. Sometimes it is in separation from long-life friends or passionate romantic partners that never had our spiritual focus or desire to serve God in everything we do. Sometimes it's even in the sad passing of those we love so desperately, who were much too much the object of our hopes, our confidences, and our entire aspirations, leaving little room for Jesus in our tight and codependent relationship. In Israel and Judah, it would be far worse than all three. It would be the very loss of their culture, their language, their religion, and ultimately, even their promised land. But losing everything, they gained so much more. What they thought was just being people as hopeless as a useless vine turned into being people that would be grafted into an everlasting covenant. When they thought their reputation would remain that of a faithless bride, God emphasized again the covenant forever and the restoration of Israel. When they saw nothing but hopelessness for anything that mattered to them temporarily, God gave them true hope for everything eternally. They say the migration of the wildebeest on the plains of the Serengeti is an eternal mass of not only wildebeest, but zebra, impalas, and grants gazelles. Their caravan stretches as far as the eye can see until they reach the Mara River, their final obstacle of rushing water and crocodilian predators ready to feast on the sweet meat of the herd. As they mass at the banks of the river, they cross in mass so thick 
that even though the crocodiles are catching their fill, thousands more make it over, literally skipping across the backs of the crocodiles to safety on the other side. Because they have been traveling for a water source, most will stop to drink the water stirred up by the muddy, muddy water all around them. And in the stirring up of the water all around them, they will not only use their own hooves, but will also use the ferocious feeding frenzy that is happening all around them. Mud mixed with blood, mixed with Lord knows what else, and still they drink to their full. This could not be a more faithful depiction of the calamity Ezekiel's congregation was faced with in our lesson today. By their false worship and unrepentant sinful behavior, they muddied their own spiritual water they drank from while the devil feasted on their sin-sick souls. The pastures God planted became the dry grass they trampled by running over it to get away from the one true God who only wanted to love them and hold them and call them his own. And if that wasn't enough, the safe walls that protected them from enemies outside is where they shoved the weakest among them to fend for themselves. And the evil ones were just strong enough to manage to stay behind the perceived safety of the gates of the hell they made for themselves. Ezekiel makes it clear. God will come to judge. And don't fancy yourself worthy. Because no one knows what makes you fat, what makes you lean, and nobody knows which is better. It's best to just cling to our Savior. The Savior comes as God, who created the world, they left for the abominations of the devil and his false promises that failed them. The Savior comes as the Prince of Peace who can restore harmony in a spiritually divided land. The Savior comes with the word which spoke the world into creation and to sinners' redemption. The Savior comes with soldiers kicking up the dust around the cross he was crucified on and made him drink the better gall for the sins we committed and died in the place we belonged. Then he trampled his own path out of the tomb that could not hold him in death. To rise, to give us the clean spiritual water of eternal life and eternal living with him. The Savior comes, not as one of us, but as God says, as me, myself, and I, whom alone will do this for all who believe his promise of life. In his name, amen. Now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus always. Amen.